Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 87. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we'll be finishing up Paul's letter to the Romans, looking at Romans chapters 15 and 16. So unless you're driving, uh, turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 15. So he starts out and gives us uh, some words, some good words to live by. He says, we who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please our neighbor for the good for building up. And that's a big part of our Christian witness, isn't it? It's building up the other person, encouraging them not tearing them down when they fail, because we know that we've all failed, right? So what can we do to edify others, to encourage others, as opposed to just uh, tear them down? So something to think about there. And uh, uh, once again, in verse 4, we'll see another idea, uh, another Catholic idea, that, you know, kind of against this idea of once saved, always saved. And I know I spend a lot of time on that, but it is a huge difference between the Catholic position on salvation and other positions. And of course, the Catholic Church was the one church that Christ started. So with that in mind, let's look at chapter 15, verse 4. Uh, it says, for whatever was written previously was written for our instruction. Here's the part that I want you to underline, the last part of verse 4, that by endurance and by encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Okay. Now, does that sound like once saved, always saved to you? No, you've got the word endurance right there. So you have to endure in the Christian walk to the end in order to be saved. And he talks about that we might have hope in being saved. Paul himself has hope in his salvation, um, but he cannot say for sure during his life with absolute certainty that he is, is saved. And I'm thinking when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 and 12, we'll spend a little more time on that where he basically says in 1 Corinthians 10, 11 and 12, those who think that they are secure, watch that you may may uh, may fall. So, you know, there's a lot of people who think that they're secure because they, you know, when they were 12 or 15 or 32, they said, well, I trusted Christ and so I'm saved and so it's a done deal. Uh, we're certainly on the path towards salvation as we follow Christ. So a Protestant might say, well, don't you trust the promises of Christ? And I say, absolutely. It's Jim Hawk that I'm a little uh, not sure about because my life isn't over yet. I could choose to uh, walk away from the gifts that, uh, that Christ offers. Okay, enough said about that for now. We'll come back to this as we continue to read others of Paul's letters. Uh, but what does he want us to go? Does he want us to go in 35,000 different denominations way? 
Continue reading on in verse 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to think in harmony with one another and keeping with Christ Jesus that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I would also underline verse 6 and circle the words one in each case. Uh, Paul had no thought of there being denominations. He thought that there would be one church. And we will see this again and again as we continue to look at Paul's writings. Uh, for example, First uh, Timothy 3.15, um, he, he says the pillar and foundation of of faith for the believer is what? The church. But we'll get to that more when we when we get to that particular letter. Okay, one of the themes of uh, the of Paul's letter to the Romans is Paul talking about how the Gentiles and the Jews who have who have come into the church need to put aside their petty differences and recognize that Christ has come for all who will uh, who will accept him and so he gives several quotes and uh, you know to show that the gentiles and the uh, you know the jew is to bring the gentile into a relationship with god and and uh, you know so that they'll all be together um, so i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this but we've got about four quotes i will just give you the, the uh, where he uh, in in verse nine Paul says so that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy as it is written and there's going to be four quotes here so I'll give them to you the first quote as it is written therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name that is a quotation from you guessed it I want you to write this in your margins. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 50. And then when you go back to 2 Samuel, you know, you can cross-reference that and in those margins write, um, you know, write Romans chapter 15, verse 9. In uh, verse 10, and again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. That's from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43, for your margins there. Then in verse 11 of Romans, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. That is from Psalm 117, verse 1, for your margins once again. And if you didn't get the first three. Here's yet a fourth. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come raised up to rule the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope. And that is from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10. And also quoted in the New Testament by Matthew in Matthew chapter 12, verse 21. So I hope you got those quotes, but hey, this is a podcast. You can go back and listen to them and uh, make note of those. So what we're also trying to do here is cross-reference uh, statements made in the New Testament with where they came from in the Old Testament.
Okay. Paul then goes on. Again, this is a letter. So it's not all doctrine, right? And uh, continuing on in chapter 15, um, Paul pick up in verse 24. He says, I hope to see you. Remember, he hasn't ever been to Rome. In passing, as I go to Spain and to be sent on my way there for you. So he's basically saying, hey, I hope to come see you in Rome and I want to gather some financial support from you so that I can go on to Spain. Why is Spain so important? Spain at that time was thought to be as far uh, west as you could go. So he wants to go to the ends of the earth and that was kind of the, uh, the Jewish mindset at that time, is that as far as you could go. Well, uh, we know that Romans was written probably in the in the years 56 to 58, and it was written to the Romans who, as I said at the beginning of Romans, Paul had never visited them before, and he probably wrote this letter from Corinth. So he hopes to come to Rome, and we know from the book of Acts, which we studied uh, as the book before this, he does get to Rome, but maybe not quite the way that he had hoped. He arrives on a prison ship. Okay, so um, be careful what you ask for. He just might get it. He wanted to visit Rome. He got there, but on a on a prison ship. But even that, he uses it for the for the furtherance of the kingdom. Verse 25, now, however, I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the holy ones uh, for Macedonia and Achaia have decided to make some contribution for the poor among the holy ones in Jerusalem. You can read about his trip back to Jerusalem from Corinth in, uh, in the book of Acts as he does seek to uh, to bring some financial relief to the church in Jerusalem. Okay, again, this is a letter, so it's not real doctrine. Now we'll get to uh, chapter 16, and here is an interesting thought indeed. Chapter 16, verse 1. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is also a minister of the church at Centre? That's a, a town uh, near nearby. Um, I think it's it's nearby Corinth, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it's really not not too important there uh, where it is. But I believe it's uh, it's near um, near Corinth. But anyway, I commend to you, Phoenix Phoebe, our sister, who is also a minister of the church at Centre. Other translations, instead of using the word minister, use the word deaconess. Okay, so before you get all excited and say, whoa, women should be deacons, um, we, we do not see that deaconesses or uh, women ministers in that day were ordained. So, you know, more like uh, they would be more like a nun, we would say. Um, and so what I want to say about that is I want to refer you to a papal document uh, because some of you ladies might say, hey, women should be deacons, they should be priests, etc. And you could make this argument if I were you and I really felt that women should be ordained. I would use this verse right here, chapter 16, verse 1. But I caution you that um, 
you know, these, uh, these ministers were more like nuns, okay? They were not ordained, per se. We, see, we have no record of them being ordained. We did need uh, women ministers, right? Because, you know, they're, they're taking care of ladies and, you know, in, in ministering to their health needs, etc. It would be appropriate for a woman to minister to another woman, uh, particularly where there's questions of helping women with bathing needs, etc. Okay. But I want to refer you to this ordinaz this uh, papal document known as Ordinatio Sacerdotalis. That's a mouthful, so I'll spell it. O-R-D-I-N-A-T-I-O, that's the first word. Second word, sacerdotalis, which is S-A-C-E-R-D-O-T-A-L-I-S. It's a papal encyclical, encyclical from 1994, written by John Paul II, uh, which has to deal with the ordination uh, of... of uh, of ministers, hence the name Ordinatio and Sacerdotalis, which is for sacraments, right? Written in 1994, where Paul addresses, excuse me, John Paul II addresses the issue of ordination for women. And in that, Paul John Paul says, hey, even as Pope, I do not have the power to undo what has been the case for the last 1900 years in terms of the the tradition of the church. He goes on to defend the idea of having only men as deacons and priests by these statements. He says, hey, uh, um, Jesus chose 12 apostles. Jesus certainly had a lot of women followers who were benefactors for Jesus' mission, and yet he chose only men. So that's one point. You know, he could have chosen his mother Mary. She probably would have been a pretty good uh, apostle, but he chose not to. He could have chosen Mary Magdalene. He did not, okay. Secondly, the sacrifice of the mass is supposed to be as close as possible to the uh, representation, if you will, not representation, representation, it's all one mass, of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Jesus was a man, he had male parts, and so thus uh, the priest, uh, priestly function, and John Paul II says the deacon function, uh, is, is uh, you know, limited to men for that reason. So those are, uh, those are two reasons why, um, you know, why John Paul II has kind of put that, that issue to bed, if you will, against having, um, women, um, deacons and, and priests. Okay. So, uh, you ask, you know, what is your view on this? Well, first of all, my view doesn't count. Um, but secondly, my view of it is Jesus started one church, gave that power church the power to bind and loose, um, and gave it the keys to the kingdom. And if the church has declared that this, this to be the case, and they, and I would urge you to read that document in its completion, and it will give you more information than I just gave. Uh, you, um, you know, we are, we are asked to trust in the church and to follow the church. So you may or may not agree with what I have just said personally. 
Um, but I would just say, hey, this is what the church has has defined, and we are to be obedient to the church. So probably enough said ab about that. Um, and then Paul goes on to his conclusion where he names a bunch of people in Rome, and he says, hey, in essence, I know all these guys and say hi to them for me. And then one last bit of advice he gives the church, which I think is, is very appropriate for the last 500 years of disunity amongst Christians since the Protestant revolt in the 1500s and, and the further split of denominations after that. Let's look at chapter 16, verse 17. He says, I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who create dissensions and obstacles in opposition to the teaching that you learned. Avoid them. Okay. And then he talks about invert. Uh, so, you know, um, wouldn't it be great if we were all one voice together? If instead of all these other denominations, if we spoke as one united voice, wouldn't we be more able to pass legislation in the government uh, against such things as uh, abortion, uh, right to life issues, uh, social justice issues, etc.? But no, we're divided. You know, we've got the Catholic Church, and then we got all these other denominations that split off after the first three quarters of the history of Christianity have come and gone. Okay, last that point I'll make is in verse 26. He talks about, remember there's, there's some controversy among Protestants and Catholics about what is more important, faith or obedience, keeping the law. And I want you to underline at the end of verse 26 of chapter 16, he talks about bringing about what? The obedience of faith. So they go together, don't they? We have faith, and through that faith, we learn to become obedient to what Christ would have us do, you know, to fulfill the Great Commission to tell others about Jesus. So once again, it's not either or, it's both and. The obedience of faith. Please, please, please underline that in verse 26. Thus concludes our study of Romans. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, we thank you for Paul and his teachings and his willingness to travel the world and to experience um, all of the frustrations and the, uh, you know, the difficulties that he did because he had a single mind of purpose to tell others about you. And so we ask that you help us to hold up Paul as an example in our own lives and to let others know by our actions, first of all, but also by our words, uh, what you mean to us. Help us to refine our own little story, our little water cooler story, so that people will know that you are for all and uh, not just a chosen few, but those all who, who will accept your, your grace and that you've come for all. 
So uh, we ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, that's all we have to say about Romans. Come back next time on Catholic Doctrine Bible Study, and we will take a look at the first letter to the Corinthians. Thank you.